I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hello. Welcome to the brand new episode of Oldie But A Goodie. Thank you so much for listening in. As always, this is a really fun one. Talking about Batman with Luke Mack. A guest who is back. That rhymed. Uh, Quick little thing up top. We had some audio issues with this episode, particularly on Luke's microphone. Uh, I've done my best to clean it up as I can, but it's still a little bit stuttery here and there. So just a quick warning if you're like, is my phone breaking? No, it was was just some audio gremlins that we had getting into the wiring. Um, But aside from that, this is a great episode. Enjoy it. Hope you have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening as always. Enjoy the show. Let's go. Imagine a year where... Oh, I didn't come up with an intro. Quick, use the intro spray. Shh. Holy police propaganda, Zach man. What year is that? The year is 1966. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Oldie Butter Goody. It's 1966. My name is Sandro. I have been traveling through time uh, for the past year. We're almost at the end of the year, which is very exciting. Welcome to December. Happy December, everybody. Um, I'm here on the Gold Coast. I'm here in Queensland on the Gold Coast. It's 1966, and I'm going to go to Movie World because with all the plot stuff that's been happening recently, I need a break. And I was in a bar last week. This week, I'm in Movie World. I'm walking along, and all I see is... Fields, where is Movie World? Well, there's one other person here. Hello, who are you? Hey, uh, I'm Luke Mack. Oh, wait, I know you. You do? You're a rapper, right? From the year 2023. What are you doing in 1962 on the Gold Coast? What does anybody do at 1966 on the Gold Coast? Oh yeah, it's 66. That's a good point. I'm not going to question it. Hey, who's that other man over there? Mamma de mia. Hello <laughs> Oh no. Oh no, it's an Italian man on the Gold Coast. I am Dino de Latorintes. Oh wait, I know you. Yeah. That doesn't sound Italian. Uh, I'm a selling spaghetti made by my father at his pasta factory. Did you just say you're Dino La Laurentes? Is that what you said your yes. name was? Yes, yes, see. You're the guy who produced David Lynch's Dune movie, is that? See, see, yes, yes, see, that's <laughs> okay. me. Off the profits from spaghetti, I can imagine. Oh, I was just coming here to uh, visit places around here and uh, find a good place for setting up and opening some sort of theme park, you know. Ooh, what, a theme park? Oh, right, because you're, of course, a big movie man. Yes, I'm a big movie man. I'm also selling spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, because that's what I used to do, and I'm, I'm getting back to my roots. I'm selling spaghetti. 
You're right. You were. You were. And you are an Italian man. <laughs> that is true. That, that 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 literally my early life is. I was selling spaghetti as a kid, so I'm doing that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Would you like some spaghetti? I'm fine. How about you, Luke? No, no, no filled spaghetti for me. Ah, that's a shame. More spaghetti for old uh, dear Laurentis. <laughs> Great. Um, wait, so you want to start a theme park? What are you going to start this theme park about? Or are you looking for ideas? Because I think I've got some good ideas for you. No, I was just generally looking around. This uh, this Australia, it's very good. You know, we can build we can build a big theme park, make a lot of money. I'm not sure what the theme though. What I'm gonna go with, you know? Hmm. I think you should do superheroes. Su- superheroes? They're all the rage in the future. In the in the. F- in the future? What are you talking yes. about? I've seen the superhero film. It's just some st- stupid fucking kids film full of men in tights running around uh, coming to conclusions randomly. I don't know. I mean, it's basically the same in the future, but people respect it. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, <laughs> except uh, expensive film critics. I'm pretty sure they don't respect it for some reason. They get paid off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think you should make your theme park all about the DC superheroes, like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern, and that's it. That's all of them that you'll... That's all the ones you'll use. I have no idea who any of those are. Of course, the greatest superhero of them all, Bugs Bunny. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Bugs Bunny! I'm a double down on that one. (laughs) That one sounds lucrative. Oh, excellent. Well, now that we've come up with that decision, I certainly hope that my co-host will teleport into your body because there's no one else around here. That is true. I don't know why I came out here to sell spaghetti. I was really hoping you two would buy some. Oh, well. Oh, my God. It's transformed into Zack. Hello. How's it going, guys? Where are we? Why are we in this, like, abandoned field? We're at Movie World on the Gold Coast in the 60s. Also, if you're hungry, there's a giant bowl of spaghetti right there. Yeah, there's a lot of spaghetti here. I don't know what's the deal with that. Anyway, well, because we're talking about Movie World, let's review Batman 1966. (laughs) That was a stretch. That's my segue. We're joined by (laughs) Luke Mack. Hello, Luke Mack. (laughs) How are you guys? You've been on the show before, uh, but under a different name. Uh, You used to perform under the name Clue. I did. Mm. But now you're Luke Mack. Well, you know, after we did Real Men last time, Mm. uh, I thought, you know, I wanted to be a real man and not go under a fake name. Mm. Um, So I say you guys could... You you could say you guys inspired me to, you know, go under my own... I will take full credit. (laughs) We can say that. But yeah, you're a big a big fan of 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 movies, a big fan of superhero movies. That's kind of how we became friends, talking about all the superhero movies. And uh, one superhero movie, the only one that we're doing probably ever on the podcast, honestly, um, <laughs> is Batman sixty six. And so we brought you on to talk about it because uh, you're a big Batman fan, aren't you? I am. I am a big Batman fan, and you know, watching this was fantastic mm-hmm. because I I feel like. At one point, read the first, like, five to eight years of Batman comics. So, like, all that, like, 1938 onwards or 39, I think, onwards. So, that was cool. Um, And I feel like this sort of still has a lot of that same energy. So, you know, after watching all of the 
future versions of these films, it was really, really cool to see uh, what used to be just fantastic Batman. (laughs) (laughs) It was just... I don't even know how to describe this Batman. He's like a mixture between James Bond, Captain Kirk, and... I, I guess, like, Captain America at the time? I don't know. It's very, it's very odd. We'll do non-spoilers and then spoilers. Zach, what did you think of, uh, of, of this movie? You know what? It's funny. I haven't read the early Batman. I've only read the early Green Arrow. Oh, God. And it was, it was yeah, <laughs> Green Arrow. Green Arrow was on this level of goofy. Whenever they, whenever they encountered a problem, it was just like this movie. It's like whenever they encountered a problem, ah, yes, the watering can arrow. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. It was much like this movie where it was like, ah, there's a problem. Well, we're writers and we can't figure out what to do. So bat this. And then they'd pull out bat whatever and fix the problem. It was great. Um, I love this. I love this. I thought this was great. I had a great time. And I feel like this really emphasized to me how nowadays nerds have ruined superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. Because you can't come out with a film nowadays without someone on their YouTube channel making a 12-hour breakdown of the entire <laughs> film. All the inaccuracies, all the problems with it, all the, the like, bits that don't make any sense and, like, ways to explain it and sort of thing. And I'm just like, why don't we just have a goofy film which doesn't make any sense, but they're you know, having fun and doing action, you know? And that's definitely where they, uh, definitely where they lean. And it's, it is a lot. It is, it's exactly that. It's a lot of fun. But uh, one of the things I did notice was that the Joker kind of takes a, a back seat in this movie. This was a, it wasn't exactly a gripe. It was just like a thing that was different. Because nowadays a lot of emphasis, I feel, is put on the Joker, you know? He's the the main villain of Batman. But in this, he he really doesn't do much. He pulls one practical joke and then is just there for the rest of the thing. It's actually Penguin which is leading this charge. Which is, I would say, almost refreshing to see that the some of the other hu- arch nemesis are getting the spotlight. Because Penguin's pretty good. It sort of feels like there's much less ego amongst the supervillains than there normally is in Batman. You know, they're all like, I would never normally take instruction from any other supervillain. But even even then, I sort of felt like Catwoman was leading the charge for the most part. Penguin was the money and Catwoman was just like, you you guys are just going to do what I say because I'm in charge. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Penguin was like the plan, idea, and resources, and Catwoman was just in charge. And like, okay, <laughs> this is what we'll do. And then they were all like, yep, all right, we're doing that. And it was it was kind of great because, as as you say, they nowadays they're always fighting with each other and they're too proud to have worked with each other. But, like, when they think Batman's dead, they're all doing merry jigs with each other. They're having a grand <laughs> old time, you know? That's very funny. They're just, they're just, they're pals. They're like a little happy family. I was like, yay, my villains are getting along. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. I think, I think Joker, well, Joker was pretty popular. Like, he was introduced pretty early on in Batman's thing and then killed off and then brought back. But I, I don't know if he was Batman's arch nemesis in the earlier comics. I feel like that maybe maybe came in around the Nicholson era. I feel like he was probably the arch nemesis before then, but that was definitely mm. when he became the Batman villain. All I can remember from, as I said earlier, like I had read a lot of the early years 
Batman comics, and Joker was still around then, but he was totally different. And, like, very early on, but he was more of a, just a, a gangster, you know? Um, just another guy. So, when he became the Joker, the way we know it, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, well, DC's done a thing where they're, because there was sort of three arcs of the Joker. Oh, no, not this storyline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's favourite. But it, it was because of, you know, writers changing, the tone of DC changing. Yeah. So, so like, Joker went from, uh, like, Mafia Man to, like, Goofball to Mass Homicidal Murderer. So, like... And then they were like, oh, yeah, all of those, they're all, they're all three different people, actually. <laughs> they were different people. That's, that's how we did it. D- done. Fix the timeline. Again, once again, the nerds coming in and being like, why are these jokers so different? This doesn't make any sense. Well, here we go. We fixed it for you and ruined everything. It's over explaining everything, you know? Leave a bit of mystery. Be a little bit of fun. Yeah, that Joker storyline was uh was bad. I I liked in Gotham how they introduced the fact that the Joker was like a disease. Like anyone can be the Joker. <laughs> that was a really funny one as well. Yeah. But then he came back anyway and he was the Joker. Like they sort of set it up as an idea <laughs> that did nothing with it. And then did nothing with it. That's right. So the actor for the Joker in this is Cesar Romero. I love how he just refused to shave his mustache. That's just the funniest thing. <laughs> the Joker's just got a mustache that's just painted with like face paint. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very uh, Superman of him, you know. Mm. <laughs> Too bad they didn't have CGI to CGI it out. That would have yeah. solved that issue, right? But I guess we are still on first uh, impressions. Technically, what, what did you think of this, Luke? I, I had a lot of fun with it. I think. If you go into it and accept what the cheese is going to, like what cheese is going to deliver, you can have fun with it. Like they know that it was stupid. They had to know it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they had to. I'm looking at the dialogue yeah. and I'm going, it's so over the top. They knew what they were making. So if you accept that, you, you got to just have had a fun time. And that's exactly how I felt. I probably could have like lost 25 minutes from the film. Mm, mm, mm. And then, of course, you know, without going into too much detail, there is a lot of moments in this movie that are like classics that you know of Batman lore without even having seen this film necessarily. So that was cool to sort of see that play out. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I had a lot of fun with this. It is... Yeah, about 25 minutes too long, I agree. Um, <laughs> but they were used to making TV shows at this point, so, you know, it's fine. I, I think yeah. Yeah, it just has to be. On, yeah, it's it's got to be on purpose. I, I mean, at the time, I think people described the Batman TV show as a sitcom. Like, at the time, it was considered a sitcom. So, <laughs> yeah. this is definitely a self-aware com. It's so stupid. It almost, it feels like the Naked Gun. Bruce Wayne feels like Leslie Nielsen <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a lot of this. <laughs> I, I think it's definitely, like, a focus on kids as well. Mm. Whereas nowadays, uh, DC focuses on edgy teens. Um, back in the day, they were they were definitely more focused on, like, really young audiences. Like, the 9 to, like, 11 sort of thing. It is interesting. I don't think DC knows who their focus group is. <laughs> they don't. They have no idea. Truthfully. Because you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, they focused on young young teens and, and kids for this and then the 90s happened and then Batman and Batman Returns happened and they're like this is 
the best thing ever. Look how well received these are. People like these more serious films. And then they're like, but McDonald's can sell toys. <laughs> we can do mm. McDonald's. At, with, with- and then they make Batman Forever. And then they make the Dark Knight trilogy. And again, serious, does well. Then they make the Snyder films, serious, makes good money. But then they're like, oh, but we need to appeal to kids again. Like, they, they have no idea. They They go like... One film, two films in, and then decide to just pivot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are those kids like? Guns. Let's give Batman a gun. Yeah, yeah. That'll, <laughs> that'll get those kids into it. There's no commitment. I saw critics the other day, like, this whole statement about how superhero films need to stop being for kids and need to take themselves more seriously now because that's what people want, and that's why the, the Marvels did bad. I mean... I think the Marvels is, it's got its issues, but just like this movie, it is the most fun superhero film we've gotten this year. There's some shit in that film that's hilarious. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I don't I know. I think it's, 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 it's always finding the balance. And I yeah. think Marvel at one point had that balance where it was like keeping itself pretty serious like serious stuff was going serious on, blah blah enough. blah. But then you throw, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you throw the jokes in the serious moments, mm. yeah. you know. And that was good. And and that goes to my the 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 coins, two sides of the same coin. You either have like a serious story with jokes thrown into it, or or like a character making jokes in the serious situation, or you have a silly situation where you've got a character taking it really seriously. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think those are the two things, the two sides of the same coin that you need for the the superhero thing, and uh, they're not doing it too great. Yeah, I think Adam West is definitely the straight man in this. Dick Grayson makes jokes. The the villains are just being stupid. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not just the villains, the entire government. Oh, yeah. There was a scene where, like, the Secretary of Defense was just playing, like, tic-tac-toe with his secretary. (laughs) (laughs) And and I've been thinking about it for days. There was a guy kidnapped in this who, for the entire film, didn't know that he had been kidnapped. (laughs) And And they pointed it out. That's so good. Yeah, no, I think, like, in terms of, like, superheroes and the media perception of them, like, at this point, superhero stuff was... For kids and for man-children. That's what it was for. <laughs> and that's what this movie's for. And then, yeah, it, it kind of gets a bit more mainstream with, like, the superhero movies and stuff. Like, with, like, Superman yeah. and then yeah. Batman with, like, Keaton and stuff. But but I think, like, now superhero movies are made for the... Not the lowest common denominator, but they are made for the common denominator. They made, they're, they're made for everyone. They try and spread it a bit too thin. Yeah, which is why the best ones are, you know, like, the Batman. I, I, I thought Joker was fine. But that was like lower budget, not trying to be for everyone, which is, you know, why it's kind of good. I think like it's, it's kind of the same with Deadpool mm. TV show wise. The Harley Quinn show, I think, is one of the best ones right now. And that's oh, yeah. trying to just be it's just an adult animation. Like it's not trying to be for everyone. And that's exactly it. When you lock down on a market, you know, these 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 franchises have so much that they can do. And when they're trying to appeal to everyone, they don't work. And then when they go, well, no, we don't need to hit every audience because if we hit this audience strong, then we'll have a strong reception. You get stuff like the Harley Quinn show that is, you know, so, so renowned within that audience that it's designed for. You wouldn't watch it, but then you turn around and look at something like Teen Titans Go that is exactly the same. You know, like I've got a one-year-old, me and him sit there and watch Teen Titans Go and I'm pissing myself. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. But it's 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 then that audience and you don't 
have that the same people that are watching the harley quinn show the same people that are watching this kid show you need to find those niches and and work well on them instead of trying to make everything for everyone because it just doesn't work I'm, I'm glad you've seen Teen Titans go because that show amazes me that they've gone from the original Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. Which was an incredible show. I watched that when I was a kid and I thought that was amazing. And then they came out with Teen Titans Go. I took one look at it and I went, eh, what? <laughs> oh, no. They're going to ruin. They're going to do a Bob the Builder. They're going to do a Thomas. <laughs> the Tate. They're just going to fucking ruin it all. And somehow they've made a great show out of it that's, <laughs> like, it's different from the original. But it's re- it's it's just as good. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I cannot believe that they took something from my childhood and didn't ruin it. That's impressive. Yeah, no, I think, like, the best superhero stuff is the stuff that's got a clear vision. Uh, it's, uh, excuse the pun, but WandaVision until the final episode yep, was pretty yep. excellent, and then they decided to appeal for everyone, and it fell apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last episode. Well, that was co- that was COVID. So you know. well, that was also COVID. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That that ra- that I think that wrapped up like two episodes earlier than they wanted it to, or something. So yeah, yeah. There was a lot more plan that they had to cut out and stuff. But Batman six is it? What we're saying is things were better when. We were younger. That's what, that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Everything new is bad, and everything old is good. Yes. Uh, we don't mean to imply that we were around in 1966, though, because that's what it sort of sounded like. I mean, yeah, yeah, but we've time-traveled, remember? So we yeah. are actually around. That's true. So, so we can say that everything old back then was better. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes, but then if you start that, mm-hmm. everything better than we were younger is when we were younger is still like the 90s. But then we're saying that in the 60s, it hasn't happened yet. I'm getting very confused now, so (laughs) so we're going to have to quickly move on from this before my brain explodes. So moving on to Batman, um, a brief kind of synopsis here, like as we said... This is kind of the first superhero movie, I feel like. It's kind of the first one. Um, first superhero movie, I would say. Not hero movie, because we've been seeing a lot of hero. We got Tarzan. Tarzan had a bunch. We got Captain Gordon. That was a serial. Yeah, yeah. That but, was yeah, a serial. You know, like like that sort of thing we've we've seen, you know. So there's hero movies going around. They were, they were pretty popular. They're like... The Wild West movies, you yeah, know. they're pretty popular at this point. There's a lot of like Lone Ranger, their hero sort of thing, Zorro. Yes, but this is the first like superhero movie. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's based off the TV show of the same name. This takes place in between seasons one and two. Uh, if you haven't seen the Batman TV show, it is just this, but shorter and usually one villain at a time. I think every episode's a two-parter as well. I'm not too sure. I haven't actually seen <laughs> any episodes of the show. I've only seen stuff from the movie. I do want to watch the show at some point. But yeah, we got an all-star cast. we got Adam West as Batman. Uh, everyone says he's fat Batman. Ah. No, he's, pre- he's in good shape. <laughs> I feel like the only thing here, and I did notice it, was that like he's in fine shape, but when he's wearing a skin-tight costume, he's not in Batman shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman shape is a triangle, so, you know, yeah. like, him being a rectangle did him no favours, I feel. And then, like, every other Batman since has had, like, armour. Yeah. Yes. Armour and, like, ridiculous 
health coaches. Yeah. And and nipples sometimes. And, but- and nipple. Well, we're <laughs> we're in a pre I think we're in a pre Schwarzenegger world. And I know that around when he came out, that was when uh the more muscly kind of abbed up sort of vibe was popular. Yeah. And, and I think he's great, Batman. This is such a stupid he he takes everything so seriously. He's got a gadget for everything. It's very funny. I think he's also the most playboy Batman that we've seen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what you were saying before about him feeling a little James Bond. You know, like when he was yeah. with Kitka. When he was with Kitka, he was he was very much uh, working his magic at that point, wasn't he? Yes. Mm, oh, absolutely. He was laying it on so thick. <laughs> so thick. And I was like, just hurry up and bang already. What's happening? This is where we could cut 20 minutes of the, the fucking film. <laughs> no, no. It was all right. It was just it was just funny to me cuz a lot of Batman's nowadays they like say he's a playboy and then you don't see much of it. Yeah, but you don't see much of it. You maybe have like one scene where he's acting like a playboy jerk, but then he gets back to Batmaning later on. Yeah. Uh, Bert Ward is Dick Grayson. I, I, there's a, it's it's iconic. There's nothing to say. He's always saying holy, holy turbulating tea, Batman. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. Holy, holy adult playing a child, Batman. <laughs> yeah. um. I think he sells it though. I think he sells the boyish wonder. Oh, this is the this is the one you don't have a problem with, Sandro, is it? I'm fine with this. I'm <laughs> fine with this age. Yeah. Uh, we've already mentioned Cesar Romero as the Joker. I think he's pretty good. I it's hard to really critique Joker performances because we've got Michael Keaton and Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've got the full spectrum. Again, he doesn't have much like to do in this movie, so I feel like he's he's fine. He does feel very much like what Jack Nicholson then went on to become, though. Like you could see very early elements of that. Mm. that yeah, yeah. Do stem well from the comics. So even though he's not doing much, you know, he's always got the smile. He is like really like hammed up, and he has that sort of energy. So that is that is a lot of fun. I liked it. You could you could see influence, the yeah. like influence this Joker had on the future ones as well. Absolutely. Like this is the sort of Joker that would be, you know, have one of those flowers on his <laughs> lapel, yeah. With the acid in it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what you would and then he would just laugh. This guy's sending rubber rats to his co-stars, not actual <laughs> yeah. live rats, you know? Not actual ones. And thankfully, it wasn't used condoms. I'm I'm happy that he's sending <laughs> that to his cast members <laughs> and not a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking of rubbers, oh no. We've also got Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. This is... I love this. This Riddler is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Again, though, like, even in his movements, if you look back at this, I know why they cast Jim Carrey. Oh, 100%. He has actually an iconic thing, and I've seen him more than the Joker or Catwoman referenced in media. So I feel like he has a really iconic role here as the Riddler. Yeah. And the Riddler's not one of Batman's more iconic... I mean, he is, but he's like one of the lesser common ones, you know, that people reference. Yeah, I think he is in the comics, but the movies just never really got around to him until recently. Like, we've got Jim Carrey, but that movie's not great. And then we've got um the new one, but that's not this Riddler at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> the recent Batman movie. So, yeah, we just haven't really... I guess the games, but even then, whenever the Riddler shows up in the Arkham games, I'm like, God damn it, 
It's another it's another fetch quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Here I'm going to be collecting things. Tell me, Batman, what's 247 and you have to collect to get the true ending? <laughs> if if we're going into this though, I will say I feel like the complication of the Riddler's riddles in this film <laughs> was phenomenal. Oh my He's god. Like, Here's three riddles and then connect the dots. I I'm going to say the amount of jumping to conclusions and like jump the like leaps in logic that this film does is astounding. They just make up whatever the crap they want. It's incredible. It is, without a doubt, some of my favourite moments of the movie, <laughs> some of these riddles. Uh, I'm going to point this out now, but one of the riddles was something like, what's yellow and rights? Mm. And Robin says, a ballpoint banana. And then yeah. Batman's like, yep, that's it. <laughs> but, yeah. And then they just run with that. <laughs> yeah, like like some of the riddles aren't really riddles. They're, like, they're playground riddles. A lot of these are just like playground riddles that I've heard before that just... They they have a very broad spectrum of what could be the answer, yep. which doesn't work for this sort of thing. But yeah, I love as well how um there's a point where he's gonna launch some more riddles, and the Joker's like, "We've won. You don't need to give more clues. What are you doing? <laughs> Make this explicitly clear." <laughs> Lee Merriweather is Catwoman. Um, she's actually recast from, from the TV show. She's not from the TV oh, show. Okay. Julie Newmar is the actor from the first two seasons of the TV show, but she had a back injury and couldn't return for the movie. Uh, I think this Catwoman's really good. I I have seen clips of the TV show one, and I think she's a bit better, but this is a really good Catwoman. Very, very fun. The costume, particularly for her, I felt like it was just a Halloween costume that they found. Yeah. But I do like it a lot. And I think she gets the most screen time out of this movie. And uh, there's certain plot details that allow her to have a bit more acting than the others, which is good. I think she's really good. And then Burgess Meredith is probably the most iconic out of all of them as the Penguin. Because this is the Penguin yeah, yeah, that yeah. I think everyone knows. He's a, he's a mob boss. He's He's got, like, you know, the top hat, monocle, cigar... You know, he's going, which is iconic penguin stuff. And uh, speaking of iconic penguin stuff, everything he has is penguin related or sea related. Yes. Because he's got pirate mobsters, which is very funny. The submarine had legs that kicked through the water. <laughs> yep, little flippers. Yeah, little flippers. It was great. I don't know how practical that is for, you know, <laughs> pushing forward a submarine, but I'm down with it. That's that's one of the things, right? That's not really practical. That doesn't make much sense. But who cares? <laughs> it looks great, and it's funny, and it's penguin related. I'm down. And the periscope was just a giant penguin head. <laughs> <laughs> the periscope's just a giant penguin head. Like, you can see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a stretch on a lot of the, like, penguin-related things. Mm. Oh, and they fly around on umbrellas at one point. Yes, they do. Which is great. They're like witches. Oh, it's amazing. It's great. Yeah, I feel like the only villain that we're missing here that's like a key staple is probably Two-Face, who didn't appear in the TV show because he was considered to be too scary for kids. Um, that makes sense. However, I would recommend there are two animated Batman 66 movies where they got the cast members back. 
And um, the most recent one is Batman versus Two-Face, where they have William Shatner playing Two-Face. <laughs> and it's incredible. And Adam West, uh, like, he was recording that while he, you know, was suffering with leuke- leukemia. It's his final ever work. Wow. Um, it's just, it's an incredible movie. And William Shatner is Two-Face. I just want him in this film. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, it would complete the trifecta, but yeah. Batman, what are you doing? <laughs> But anyway, uh, we should move on to spoilers. Uh, let's rate this. Oldie or a goodie, Zach? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely giving this a goodie. Uh, it's it, it's a goodie in the fact that it's very entertaining. Mm. Uh, again, it has, like, so many plot... Every second has, like, some plot holes or other things that you could overanalyze and be like, that's dumb, that's stupid. <laughs> but that's the idea, and it's fun, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely giving this uh, a goodie and saying that uh, all reviewers that review and rate things are bad and have ruined movies. (laughs) Anyway, let's continue on to reviewing and rating this film. (laughs) I'm giving this a goodie as well. I I love this. It's very funny. And there's a five minute long joke in this movie. I was laughing the whole way through. We'll get to that later. But it's one of the longest extended jokes I've laughed consistently at in a movie since, like, we did Wet Hot American Summer last year, which I've seen, like, ten times. I I had one moment which broke me, um, but we'll get to it. I have a whole list of things here that broke me, but I definitely would call this a goodie as well, 100%. Three goodies, go watch this. If you like this, watch the TV show. I'm definitely going to try and watch more of the TV show now, I reckon, Mm -hmm. because it's good fun. And would you say, would you say suitable for kids, Luke? You did watch this with your son. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. There's nothing, like, my, my son's one year old, so, like, he watches a lot of things that he probably shouldn't. <laughs> Most recently, did Terminator. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of those things where it's, like, depends on the age range, but I, I do feel like, you know, even if the child was old enough to uh, sort of understand what was going on. I don't feel like there's anything really happening in there that isn't totally fine because of how cheesy it is. There's one scene I'll mention, but it happens off screen and it's very dark all of a sudden. But aside from that, it was a very good kids film, I think. I think there's one incredibly sexual sequence (laughs) that can be read as not. So I think that's probably fine. But yeah, no, I agree. It definitely is something for all ages in, in, this, in, this, in this movie. Uh, three goodies for Batman. Well, howdy there. My name's Sally McSeller, and I'm being held captive by the Daleks. They're an invading species, and they've told me that they're going to kill Sandro and Zach unless you subscribe to Patreon.com forward slash Only Buddy Goody Pod, where we have a brand new episode for you to check out right now. It is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, so the boys reviewed a movie from the 60s called Doctor Who and the Daleks, and guess what? It's pretty bad. Here's a clip. And there's two races on this planet, the Daleks and the, the Thals. The Thals are just, uh, are just... Elves. Just elves, maybe, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're just <laughs> elves. Sorry, sorry to interject, but they are just elves. It's basically two sides of the same coin. The Daleks are all about war, 
The foals are all about not war. They don't even want to fight the Daleks because they're happy just existing. Um, and it's and the main uh, crux of the movie is the Doctor convincing the pacifists to become murderous killers. <laughs> That's what the whole point of this movie is. Doctor's not exactly an endearing character if you look at it from that angle. I got a fact wrong. The movie isn't shit. It's fantastic. The Daleks, everything they're in, it's amazing. They aren't... They're gonna... They aren't... They won't shoot me. No, they won't. But they will shoot you if you don't go to patreon.com forward slash oldiebuddygoodypod. Get those bonus episodes and some ad-free content. I'm an... I mean, I'm a Dalek. Yes, I am. Let's move on over to some spoilerinos. Uh... I guess we should go through the plot, maybe? There's not- I mean, the plot is very loose, but- (laughs) Yeah, we could go through the plot and then pick out, like, we could go through it again, but picking out moments that we liked. I feel like this could have easily been broken into, like, six episodes of the TV series as well. Oh, yeah. Just, there's so much going on that it's like- we need to do this, then we need to do this. It probably was originally when it was written, like... Yeah, absolutely. Written as, like, an episodic thing, and then they were like, let's get this and make this the movie. Yeah. Well, the the idea was, like... It was something like um they wanted this initially to be the the first appearance of these characters, so then the TV show would be more popular, which is what they do with most, like, TV shows based off movies but it went the other way around i'm not sure because yeah they shot it after shooting the first season and i think it aired just after the first season wrapped so i'm Ah, not sure interesting because catwoman's identity isn't known to batman in this film till like the end of this film that's a good point which is like an iconic point and quite a prevalent plot point throughout this film right well i mean but catwoman's also putting on an accent though uh yeah but she has her face revealed i mean uh, you want to you want to play that game, Sandro? Well, uh, mm. in the recent series, you know, he knows who Catwoman is in real life. Her face, her name, all you know, the the true identities. You know, the back computer has all the information on all the the bad guys and their real life identities and all that. But um, in this, obviously, uh, he has no idea. So, sure, if she'd put on some like more makeup and that accent, then maybe you could get away with him not recognising Catwoman, but I'm going to go with uh, this movie didn't use the logic, Uh, it doesn't use it. That's right. All I'm I'm saying is she's not walking around telling people that she's Selina Kyle. (laughs) That's true. Unless you tell someone who you are in this movie, that's the only way they know. Oh, that's true. And I mean, I guess Batman never truly figures out who she is, because he only figures out that she's Kitka, who is also a persona of her, so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm having a look at the production stats here. It's ridiculous. So they wrote this in 10 days, they filmed this in 28 days, and then three more days just to do, like, random B-shots. They got this done in, like, a month and a half. This is solid. The turnaround on this is ridiculous. (laughs) That's crazy. And it only cost about $1.3 at the time. I'm not sure what that equates to now. Probably... I'm guessing maybe like a mid-budget movie. Mm, um, still a lot, I think. Especially, probably the props, I guess, were like the biggest cost. Because oh, there's yeah. a lot of props and like cool stuff for this. You got the Batmobile, the Batboat, the Batcopter, the Batcave, the Batcomputer, the Bat DNA Analyzer, the Bat... <laughs> um, uh, I could go on. Um, but uh, you've got the Penguin, Submarine... Uh, you got the, the, the periscope, 
you got uh, what else? The the bat signal. The boy. The oh yeah yeah the boy with the like pop out uh, image projecting vanishing device. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in this. Oh, the missiles. Uh, the the B roll footage of missiles of the the same stock footage that they use like four times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it was good stuff. Um, yeah, okay, so basic rundown of the plot, uh, the Joker, Catwoman, Penguin, and Riddler have all teamed up. For the first time ever, there's a supervillain team-up. How's the Bat gonna deal with this, uh, sinister quadruple? He is called in to help a yacht that's in danger, which is actually not really there, it's a trap so that he gets attacked (laughs) by a shark, we'll talk about that that later, and then, (laughs) and then, like, he comes back to the- to Commissioner Gordon, who's in this? He's fine. I don't. I, I don't particularly love this version of Gordon. Um, Gordon's like, well, let's have a look at which super vi- villains aren't currently in jail, and then a computer goes through all the super villains that aren't in jail, and it's just the four who have decided to team up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there there's there's jumping to conclusions here. They then try and track them down. The penguin goes and meets up with them, pretty much shows the plan that they're doing. They execute the plan, which is to capture all the world leaders or whatever they are using a dehydration ray. They steal them. Batman gets them back, rehydrates them. And that's pretty much the whole thing. That's the whole plot. And everyone in the world waits. Yeah. Yeah, that was so <laughs> oh, funny. The ending. Oh, the ending. The ending's hilarious. The, the ending's hilarious, but, but it's so dumb. Yeah, their plan is the captain on the yacht has created a gun that can dehydrate people and turn them into to grains of sand or whatever. They reference it. It's an instant whiskey maker. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how that works, but they reference it's an instant whiskey maker that they're just going to repurpose by turning it up more, I guess, to instantly dehydrate everyone. Does that mean that, like, you walk up to wheat and then dehydrate that? Is that what you do to make whiskey? <laughs> look, look, look. All that's important is I can have a nice cold glass of Batman, you know? Like, oh, God. That's, that, that's what they're looking for, I feel. And there's also the side, uh, the side plot, which is um, Catwoman pretending to be a Russian journalist to seduce Bruce Wayne so that they will get Batman to save Bruce Wayne, uh, except, obviously, Bruce Wayne is Batman, so their plan doesn't really go to plan. <laughs> That's just kind of a side thing that happens during like halfway through the movie for about half an hour. Just just so that Catwoman has an opportunity to, you know, test out the Russian accent she's been working on. That was a that was a Russian accent to the <laughs> half. It is. But yeah, going right back to the top of the movie, uh, it does open with some acknowledgements to like Ah uh, yes, I have written down the, the last acknowledgement. <laughs> the last one's pretty funny. Where it's it's got a, a lot of acknowledgement to the law enforcement. And a lot of this movie is like, we're working with the authorities. The authorities love us and you should respect and, you know, acknowledge them. That sort of thing. Robin at one point says, support your police. That's our message. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well said, Robin. I mean, the Batman TV show was well known for being like, and that's why you should wear your seatbelts, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After school special type shit. But it's funny... Going from that to, like, the vigilante Batman, Mm. which is very much, like, 
against the law and Commissioner Gordon being like, we gotta capture that Batman. But it's it's interesting that in this, he's like definitively not a vigilante. They literally say he's like like an honorary policeman. He he and Robin are deputized. Yeah, yeah. Fully yeah. Deputized. They like work actively work with the police. So there is no doubt that they are working with inside the law. Whereas whereas a lot of Batman has worked outside the law. Well, I mean, at least it's better than the original Batman serial where he fights in World War II as a secret <laughs> US agent to capture a Japanese scientist. Oh dear. <laughs> At least it's better than that. <laughs> hey, but if we have overlooked any sizable groups of lovers, we apologize. There's a running joke in this movie of this, this random couple making out just randomly across Gotham. Mm. They just show up a bunch of times. It's very funny. Every time. <laughs> I didn't notice. They showed up in the bar underneath the villain's lair they're just in the background making out and then they show up again when batman's carrying the bomb around for five minutes <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah <laughs> that bomb scene was amazing uh, yeah. the thing i really liked at the start here i was like this intro was just going on for ages of all these people just walking against a brick wall with a different colored floodlight on them <laughs> oh i really love the freeze frame on robin that made yeah. him look pretty sick I, I don't know why I t- took note of that, but I thought the moment they chose the freeze frame was very, very good shot. Anyway, we see Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson mm. uh, jumping into action when they hear about this boat going missing. They admit, like, the movie just jumps into the thick of it with them sliding down these fire poles, pulling the instant costume change lever, of course. Yeah, I I, I absolutely loved that immediately from opening it, the door swings open. There's a pole specifically for Bruce that says Bruce Wayne on it. And then it says <laughs> Dick Grayson on the other one. The Bruce Wayne one is significantly thicker. Yes. But it also says access to Batcave via Batpole. <laughs> there is a side that says that. I love in this movie how everything is very clearly labeled. <laughs> so much labeling. Like everything that Batman has is very clearly labeled. And, and who's doing the labeling? You know what I mean? Like, has he got a guy for that who, like, knows that it's him? It, it must be the butler, right? You know, it must be um, Alfred, who's carefully labeling everything. And I mean, <laughs> the amount of stuff Bruce Wayne has, it almost makes sense, right? Like, maybe this is just a habit uh, that uh, Alfred has of just labeling everything so that when Bruce wants something, he doesn't have to look too much for it. He can find it via the label, right? Here's the bat, whatever you want. Uh, that's me overanalyzing it and just saying <laughs> this film's really funny and goofy and it puts labels on everything and it makes me laugh. When they go through the instant costume change level <laughs> and <laughs> just, that's just an incredible touch and that's a perfect example of knowing that this is silly they're like well we're not gonna have them change down there so we'll just add this like tool that we can then just slide down this pole in costume um how does that work uh, uh they pull a lever it's instant it's instant i don't know what you want us to say <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I, I the thing that i absolutely loved you know they take off in the batmobile here and then robin immediately goes Picks up the phone and goes, airport, it's the Batmobile, get the Batcopter ready. And then they just have all these people 
at the airport. Yeah, they, yeah. So not only do they host the backcopter at the airport, but there's all these people who know what the process is, what to do to get it all ready for Batman and Robin. Like, they're prepared, they're ready. That immediately, I was like, okay, so they work with the police, right? They work with so many people. Because, obviously, if he's a vigilante, he can't be having, like, a copter that's, like, (laughs) got Batman symbols. Like, this is owned by Batman at the thing. Like, the police are going to find him, right? So, clearly, he's working with them, and he's working with the local airport to hanger up his copter so that they can immediately jump in it when needed. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's not just his copter. The bat boat's just tethered somewhere random in Gotham as well. Mm, just- mm. With a pole. With a pole next to that too. I, I I feel like that's definitely like it's in uh, Bruce Wayne's like massive national park property, right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how they hide that. It's totally realistic. Yeah. They go over to the missing yacht in the bat copter and they drop the bat ladder. Okay. They, they label everything the bat. This is like, we've already had the bat this, the bat that, the bat that. And when they said bat ladder, I was like, okay, now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> then they fall out the ladder and it's just a rope ladder. I'm like, this is ridiculous. How is this the bat ladder? Then they zo- they cut to and zoom in the label that says bat ladder. <laughs> and at that moment, that was the moment I completely lost it. Because I was like, oh, oh, okay. that That's why it's the bat ladder. Because it specifically says bat. Ladder. It says the bat the, ladder on it. I, I, yeah, that was the moment for me that I completely lost it because I was just not expecting it to say bat ladder. That's great. <laughs> oh, that was so dumb. The note that I made here was that, like, the copter onto the yacht when he was climbing on it would have been, like, a hectic as stunt to do in 1966. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, because there was some big wide shots of him actually hanging off the ladder, like, that looked really cool, and I, that's what I thought was um, thought was great. And then as he was climbing down the ladder, uh, we were sitting there, and my son was like, "Oh, Batman! Oh, Batman! Oh, Batman!" He kept saying, <laughs> "I tried to record him saying it because he's just like he was just shocked." Batman's climbing on this ladder, hanging up. This- <laughs> oh my god, Batman! Be careful. I mean, it did look dangerous, and it did go on for like a few minutes, just him climbing down this ladder. So long. <laughs> I loved it because it's like you know the Mission Impossible bull movies. Tom Cruise is always trying to kill himself. That's where we're at with stunts now. <laughs> but, but in the sixties, it was more guys climbing down a ladder. This is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just very funny. It's dangerous because the boat just disappears all of a sudden. Oh my goodness. And Batman gets dipped into the water and oh no, there's a shark. Yep. Wah, quick, Robin, get the bat shark spray. It's next to the manta, the bat manta spray, the bat barracuda spray, yep, yep. and the bat, um, what was the last one? Whale repellent was Whale the other one. Whale repellent, of course, of course. <laughs> I get I, that. Mu- that must be for yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't know there was three other ones. Yeah, no, we all know about the bat shark repellent, but not the other three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The bat barracuda repellent—that's vital. Well, I'm I'm glad that they're all there though, because mm. it it goes to show that he's actively thought about multiple situations, not just like. Oh, this because you know it's convenient to have a bat shark repellent, but if you've got the other ones there, it's not really that convenient. It's planned. Absolutely, Batman's always the planner. Everybody says you know Batman can defeat anyone if he plans enough, and this is why he's always got a repellent. But he does lay a few 
good punches onto that shark. Oh, absolutely. He gives a... Honestly, this shark, uh, most dedicated shark to trying to eat Batman. Yep. Because he's... They're like 10 stories above the ocean at this point, and the shark's still hanging on, trying to bite Batman to death. Yeah. And a good thing they had the shark repellent, because it wasn't just going to bite him. It it was going to explode. (laughs) This was an explosive shark. Yeah, it's one of the penguins trained explosive sharks. It's just stuffed with TNT, I think, was what they explained. Uh, incredible, incredible. Truly, the penguin doesn't get enough credit for the uh, ingenious inventions he comes up with to try and take down Batman. Uh, so then, yeah, they go back to the cops. We get the whole scene of them going through which villains are currently free. And just the line of dialogues that they have to realize that they've teamed up is... Oh, the the riddles. Yeah, this is where the riddles start. I never heard anybody say, Great Scott. <laughs> Other than Doc Brown. But, like, Commissioner Gordon says Great Scott, like, 40 times. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> he just keeps saying it. And and when they're going through... So when he says, let's have the latest status report on known criminals still at large, as we discussed before, and they've got those four, they have video footage of every... Or, like, photos of every single one. They were all very clearly taken in the same place that is just, like, some house. It's just like, it's not like they're mugshots where they're I, th- I think you're trying to say Gotham prison, but it's just not coming out right, you know? It's 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 just a house. <laughs> <laughs> Arkham Asylum, that's it. Yeah, it was all Arkham. You see Arkham Asylum, it's like uh, an insane asylum, so it's kind of like a house. <laughs> so it actually makes sense if you think about it. Like, yeah, all right. Logically, we'll give them that. I feel like if I try and play devil's advocate, I'll be here all day because you have to play for it in every scene, in every part of the this movie so we'll move on to the next part then where robin says it happened in the sea sea for catwoman and that's how they figure it out <laughs> the leaps in logic there's like four lines of dialogue at, but that was the one that i lost it at that one is great i like that one i like it all so it's a you're pretty fishy what happened on that ladder well <laughs> yeah. you're saying that where there are fish there's a penguin oh but it was in the sea sea for catwoman <laughs> Ah, but that shark grabbed onto his leg, pulling on his leg pretty hard. Oh, that's a joke. Do you mean the Joker? (laughs) What a riddle. Wait, riddle, riddler. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh my God, they're all teamed up. Wow, wow, I cannot believe the bad guys planned all of that and that as a riddle in itself for you to figure out. That's crazy. The Riddler, truly a master of his craft. Now, when when they go from here to the scene where it's all of the the four of them together and they're just in this bar, but they've got everyone has their own shelf. I don't know if you noticed this, but all the villains have their own shelf in the background where everything is very clearly on display, and it says like jokes, riddles. They've each got their own one. Everything's very clearly on display, but there's also a sign on every one of them that says private. It's great. They all have their own private little space. Riddler's got, like, books of what I presume is, you know, like, child riddles. Yep, yep. Uh, The Joker's got, like, his, you know, joke flowers and zap rings and all sorts of things, you know. He's got, like, his things and jokes. Uh, The Penguin's got, like, uh, a fish tank, I think. 
Yeah. You know, they've all got their, their things. And then Catwoman just carries around a cat the whole fucking film for some <laughs> reason. That's great. Batman and Robin, they go out to the sea to check out the Bowie, which is what the illusion of the yacht was coming from. Because they actually, the the whole thing with the yacht was a distraction so that these evil four could kidnap the actual Commodore in a completely different location where they've got him set up thinking that he is still on the boat. Which is very funny. That's a very funny... He's going to catch up on my dickens. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they go to check out the boy and the four villains just get into a submarine <laughs> to try and kill them early on. The, the utility belts of Batman and Robin, though their greatest strength, are their greatest weakness. As a giant magnet pulls them to the buoy and the penguin shoots off uh, uh, torpedoes mm. at them. Multiple torpedoes. Luckily, Batman has his sonic plot device yeah. um, that... Uh, well, no, no, no. It's called a... I think it was called the Bat Polarity Reverser or something like yeah. that. You're, you're right. You're right. That's totally not a plot device. You're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he actually said, I'm going to reverse the polarity with a straight <laughs> face, which is very... It's it's, it's great. Uh, thank you, Doctor Who. True. Um, and uh, yeah, he he does it for two of the missiles, but oh, it, it runs on... Uh, Double A batteries and they've run out. <laughs> oh no! Should have gone to the Bat Hardware store beforehand. Uh, luckily, uh, the darkest moment in this film, the least kid-friendly <laughs> moment, I would say, uh, in this film happens because we we see we hear the explosion, we see the the bad guys. They're all dancing around, but oh, the boat gets moving again. What happened? How did Batman get away? Well. Luke, please tell us how they managed to get away. All I can remember is him saying that porpoise risked his life for us. <laughs> yes! So, <laughs> yeah, the penguin fires a third missile and then a porpoise just decides to sacrifice itself for Batman. Off screen as well. We just cut to them getting away and it's like, that poor porpoise sacrificed itself. <laughs> I thought I'd missed something because I was like, Wait. no, no, you didn't. You didn't miss anything at all. That's it. That's that's all that gets. That's what happens. Off off screen, a dolphin fucking dies, <laughs> saving Batman's <laughs> life by jumping in front of a missile. R.I.P. Dolphin, a <laughs> real hero of this film. I think. I'm like, like. I think at some point they they in one of the comics that uh, continued the storyline of the the TV show. I think Superman's probably introduced at some point, so that means that Aquaman might have been the one to to send the porpoise. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. This movie's airtight. There's no yeah. holes in this movie, so it was definitely Aquaman lending a hand. You know, one hundred percent. I like how Batman's like those were military grade torpedoes, and he calls up the military and is like, "Have you?" sold any torpedoes recently and the guy's like yes i have to a mr p n gwyn <laughs> yeah yeah the uh the like navy commander or whatever his face is 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 one of my favorite characters in this film because he's just so happy go lucky he's just like <laughs> he's so goddamn chipper yeah yeah he's like oh hey batman how you do what a fine day out there oh yeah i've been selling submarines all over the place <laughs> i've been giving it to every criminal that's been walking up you can have a submarine you can have a submarine nuclear missiles hey why not we've got extra here i'll give you to them half price why not you know the the thing i loved about this guy was like 
when we first see him, he's sitting there, he's playing like tic-tac-toe with his secretary. And then he answers the phone and he's stoked that it's Batman. Yeah. And then, I mean, you would be too. And then Batman's like, yeah, have you sold any of these? He's like, yep, sold one to P.N. Gwyn. And he says, did he leave an address? And he's like, nah, nah, just a P.O. box. And then Batman says, oh, okay. And like, he's very obviously annoyed. And he's like, what's the matter, Batman? Have I done something? And he goes, selling nuclear submarines without even taking down the person's address. And that's what he's frustrated at. And it's very funny to try and imagine how they shipped an entire submarine to a P.O. box. Yeah. Like, what's the, what's the delivery cost on that one? I bet you can't buy Express for that. So they, they want to take over the United World building and take all of the leaders or... Uh, I, I don't even know what to call them. The politicians. Yeah, it was the nine uh, United Leaders. It was a weird combination of nations, too. When looking at the nine, I was like, the British were the USSR, the French, yep. Nigeria. Yeah. Yep. Like, the representation was really weird. Well, I know why Israel and Germany were there, purely so that they could do the joke at the end where they've swapped languages. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in a weird World War II joke that they decided to throw in for some reason. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, too, too soon, Batman the movie. It, w- it was a different time. Uh, the thing I love most about this, though, was when Batman was figuring this out, right? So they're, like, figuring out what they're doing. And then Gordon says something like, what, are they trying to take over the whole country? And he goes, if there were three, that's what they'd be trying to do. But with four, their minimum goal must be the world. Their minimum goal. If it's four, their minimum goal, the world. Absolutely. When I think of Catwoman, I think of taking over the world. It's true. They reveal their plan, but we've got a whole a whole thing to get through before then, which is Catwoman pretending to, to be Kitka, and this is the plan, to kidnap Bruce Wayne and bring him to their lair so that Batman will come and save Bruce Wayne, but upon saving Bruce Wayne, he will step on a trap that will launch him out of the window and into the penguin's exploding octopus. <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. I see zero flaws in that logic. When that guy got launched later in the movie, that was so good. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was the shotgun on the mantelpiece to shotgun all mantelpieces. I feel that toy was the best actor in the movie. That 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 toy <laughs> that they launched into a pool. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I love how the Riddler came up with this. Is like I'm going to combine all our best aspects, you know. The Kitka's ability to bait Batman in. You got um, uh, the uh, Penguin's ability to explode an octopus. <laughs> and the Joker's ability with Big Spring. <laughs> big you know, like it's got all the aspects, you know. And the Riddler's ability to ascend riddles. One of the riddles being what people are always in a hurry. Rushing people. <laughs> Honest, honestly, honestly, that's the best riddle in the film, I think. That one made the most sense to me, at least. Like, some of the other ones are just abstract. Like, the one I've heard before, but is just like an abstract one, it's what, what weighs like six pounds, is red, sits in a tree, and is very dangerous, is like a robin with a minigun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like the, the deadpan, like, dumb riddle humor that I've heard before. But like... 
Those ones are specifically vague. You could just as easily say a robin with a knife or something, you know, like, I feel like riddles shouldn't work where you can have multiple answers mm. to the same riddle. I feel like that's when they're bad riddles. Especially when, you know, it's set up for Batman to work it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily he thinks of Robin with a minigun. and Or Sparrow with a minigun, that's right. Oh, Sparrow, yeah. It's not even a Robin, which would have made sense because Robin's there, right? Ah, oh. <laughs> oh. You're right. Oh. You've got a good point. Angry. Anyway. So, yeah, Bruce goes out with Kit Car. They have weird dream sex in a car. Uh, it's it's uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that Robin turns off the surveillance. I, I did make uh, a few notes here. Robin is a massive prude. Um, he's very, very aware of it. But I do love when, when Alfred's like, it's time for a check-in. And then they're like, oh, is there any activity? He's like, no comment. Let's just say no sign of... Criminal activity, and Gordon's like, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I like when he goes back to her place and he's like, I have the strangest feeling I'm about to be carried away, which is funny because he's going to get kidnapped. Yes, I remember that line. Uh, the other line that I really, really loved, and it was such a throwaway, but I just sort of caught it, was when um, the surveillance comes back on, and I think it might be just after the kidnapping scene, but when the surveillance comes back on and... Alfred and Robin are looking in. Alfred's like, is that my dustpan? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. Catwoman stole Alfred's dustpan, which comes back into it later. It does come back. But it's just like this one-off line that I was like, what? Why, why did she take that? When they're captured as well, we get a line from Bruce. I- I'm going to paraphrase a little just to add more context in, but... uh. They're tied up, and she's like, how are you going to, like, like help us? And he's like, don't worry. Capitalists like myself, who carry a <laughs> lot of money, often have tiny radio transmitters up our sleeves. <laughs> the way that Batman refers to himself as a capitalist is the funniest thing. <laughs> I mean, that's always a positive back in that day. That's um, true. It's could the be, 60s. Could, it could be worse, you know? Um, but, like... Oh, no, I'm playing Devil's Advocate again for this movie. I have to stop every scene. But, like, you know, Batman clearly has a receiver on his wrist at all times. And he's just like, oh, yeah, all rich billionaires have radio receivers on their sleeves. It only makes sense, right? But that's definitely him making an excuse. It's so funny. The action scene, though, of him breaking out is genuinely really good. The The action in this, I think, might be the best action we've seen. Uh, so far in the year, Zach, aside from like sword fights, those have been consistently great. But like punch-ons, this is this is solid. It's it's definitely one of those things. Like I was laughing. I thought the action was great in this scene, but the thing that really got me, and this is going to go back to all the uh, the sweaty, angry nerds who ruined everything. Um, Adam West, Batman, straight up threatens to kill everyone. Yeah. Which is a very non-Batman thing to do. But he's just like, hey, touch her and I will kill every one of you. Uh, (laughs) Which which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) I do like the running theme of, like, everyone was annoyed when Batfleck came out because they're like, oh my god, Batman's just branding people, he's been so mean. I'm like, yeah, he's always... In the Arkham game, you're pushing people off rooftops. Like, you're like Batman kills people. (laughs) He just doesn't. Absolutely. He. It's more like he puts people in situations where they're going to die. He doesn't necessarily pull the trigger himself. Literally every single other Batman film just doesn't acknowledge it. Yeah. And then Batfleck, it was just made a a point. 
Like, they're like, hey, this is bad that he does this. And everyone's like, yeah, bad that he does it. Shouldn't do it at all. Whereas every other movie is just like, hey, I'll, um, you know, run my tank of a Batmobile over your car or <laughs> underneath the truck that you're in and clearly driving and crush you within it. But, you know, because it's not acknowledged, we're all good. Whereas Adam West, he, he straight up will just say, I- I'm going to kill you. What happens after this, Zach? Uh, they escape... Oh, and then the villains, they bring out the five guinea pigs. Oh, no, the poor five guinea pigs. The only other, well, the five other casualties of this film, <laughs> uh, which we'll get to. We're one, we're one porpoise down and five pirates. Um, because uh, uh, they pull out the the whis- instant whiskey maker, uh, the, the MacGuffin and or invention invented by our clueless inventor who has been kidnapped and believes he is on a five-star cruise or something um but they pull out this thing which acts like a laser beam and uh these these guinea pigs who honestly aren't paid enough mm, i feel agreed like they they they're named guinea pigs by the villains they're told oh this won't hurt a thing and they just stand still why while their comrades are vaporized in front of their face and then let it happen to themselves. Oh, uh, wow! These are the, the the best goons of all time. <laughs> if I saw my friend, it's hard to find loyal goons. If I was number four and number five just got vaporized, I'm booking it. I'm running. Yep. I'm out of there. You know. Yeah. So they they just get like vaporized, turned to dust. They get Thanos snapped, and they are, they are gone. And then Catwoman has to like shovel them up with a brush and shovel and we get a great <laughs> line from penguin where he's like oh be careful everyone has a mother <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that was alfred's dustpan that she was using mm. so it came <laughs> it does come back <laughs> mm. so it just came back and then we get the scene that made me laugh for about five minutes straight which is oh, yeah. batman walks into this the headquarters he finds there's a lit bomb and it's it's a Looney Tunes bomb. That's what it is. It's the longest fuse of all time. Yeah, because he then proceeds to carry this bomb around town, constantly trying to throw it places, but then someone appears in front of them. We get a marching band. We get nuns. We get two women eating so they won't run out of a bar. It just goes on and on and on. A, a lady walking a prayer. Yeah, yeah. He goes to throw it over dock, and then a boat rolls up. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. Him like holding this bomb, which has the longest fuse of any bomb in television, and he's he's getting consistently more and more frustrated. Yeah, I mean, you would be too if you turned around the corner <laughs> carrying a bomb to dispose of it, and just nuns randomly appear on the pier of a dock in the seedy uh, area of town. Right, like. What's going on? There's babies, there's marching bands. But this then leans to leads to probably like one of the best lines of dialogue in the entire movie. Oh yeah. yeah. After he's got rid of it, he just turns around and some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> you great. can't get rid of a bomb. It's that true. Was, he basically breaks the fourth wall. It's amazing. <laughs> As if this is it's such a regular occurrence. Like, ah, oh, it's just one of those days where you can't get rid of a bomb. Just one of those days, eh? And, like, it explodes and Robin thinks that he's been killed, so he runs up and is like, holy heart failure, Batman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. 
then, Zach, what happens with the penguin? Right, so the penguin comes up with an ingenious plan. Mm. It makes perfect logical sense and has zero holes in it. So he dresses up as the Commodore, the inventor of the whiskey gun who was captured by them. Yeah. Um, he reveals himself to Batman so that Batman, uh, who, of course, immediately is like, oh, hey, it's the penguin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, which was very funny to me. They didn't even try and be like, oh, it, it looks like the Commodore, but something's not right about him. You know, like they were like, oh, no, that's the penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, but the only way to really prove that, because, of course, the penguin, he knows that they'll recognize him, has burnt off his prints or put rubber on them or something. Genius. Genius plan. The only way to recognize him is with, like, a retina scan. Mm. So they take him back to the Batcave, which is all part of the penguin's plan, because he has the dehydrated soldiers <laughs> that they dustpened into vials. Yep. And... And, of course, Batman, being the gentleman, allows the penguin to go get a glass of water (laughs) without them watching him. Um, From the drinking water dispenser. The drinking water dispenser, which has, like, a a full-on faucet which you can, like, hook things up to (laughs) and, like, a control panel and everything that they just let the penguin hide behind so you can't see what he's doing. And he rehydrates... The, uh, the, uh, guinea pigs. (laughs) The pirate. The pirate guinea pigs, which just pop back into existence. Well, they also pop out of existence, because whenever you punch them, they explode like balloons, because the penguin, he did the wrong water pressure. R.I.P. guinea pig pirates. Yep, uh, they exactly. were They were too young for this world, you know? So, yeah, one, one punch, and because they're so unstable, they 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 turn to antimatter. Mm. And, and presumably go to another universe? It's implied by Batman that they, like, appear in a different universe because of this. Yeah, he's like, they're gone from our universe, at least. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? So then Penguin, he... Steals the Batmobile, but Batman was smart and he gave them both anti-penguin gas pills so that the, when the penguin tries to knock them out with penguin gas, it doesn't work. And then- It's iconic penguin gas. Of course. And they just happen to be- The spot where the car is stolen just happens to be right next to a hidden bat motorcycle. <laughs> of course. I mean, he, he did plan it. Because he did, like, you know, he's got the pills, he hands one to Robin, so he planned for them to get gassed in a specific bit, because he wakes up the Joker, I think at that point, not the Joker, the Penguin, Mm. at that point, right? So he planned to get, quotation marks, knocked out Mm. to get the bike. Honestly, that's the one bit of the film where I think that the Batman actually, like, thinks, like, it feels like a plan that he came up with, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is where we get the scene where the they have locked in their plan. They're going to go and kidnap all of the world leaders. Uh, but Riddler's like, I'm going to send out riddles. And he almost accidentally <laughs> kills Batman and Robin. But they successfully are <laughs> saved by a pile of foam rubber at the foam, foam rubber. rubber convention. <laughs> Rubber wholesalers convention. Which is the most the naked gun part of this movie, I think. It's just like movies like Airplane and Naked Gun and stuff. That this 
This had to have inspired them, surely. It's the same sort of comedy. Uh, and I like I like how once they've crashed into this uh, fucking mattress convention or whatever the fuck they explain this as, <laughs> um, they're like, no time to go get a car, we've got to sprint to the, <laughs> oh, to the Yeah, thing. the scene where they run through the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is what he said. Robin said, we should get a taxi. He said, no, Robin, not at this time of day. Lucky we're in tip-top condition. It'll be faster if we run. And and really, this is just an excuse to make uh, Dick get out a bit more. I feel like Batman's looking out for Robin. He's not getting enough cardio. <laughs> yep. He's like, this is just a father looking out for his son, you know? Yeah. Wholesome moment. They sneak into the United Worlds building. Uh, they do all the gu- uh, yeah. They gas all the guards, which is hilarious because two just fall on each other. <laughs> uh, I also love the dialogue here. Uh, fine day for penguining. <laughs> the penguin says before gassing them. Uh, and they dehydrate all the world leaders who just so happen to be color coded for some reason. Absolutely, <laughs> it makes sense that. Their clothes are different, so they have different dust colors. Mm-hmm. That's it, hundred percent. I gotta, I gotta stop trying. <laughs> I gotta stop. I gotta stop. But yeah, no, it's great. It's it's so that they can put them in a vial chamber, and they all have different colors, so they're easily identifiable. Uh, when uh, they definitely don't get tipped over at one point. And their plan is to ransom each one of the world leaders back to their own country for a billion dollars each. My God. (laughs) And so Batman has to go and save them from the penguin submarine. Yeah, I like how Batman shows up and uh, they threaten to murder Kitka still, which makes Batman hesitate. Yeah, that was good. I did actually like that. I like that that's still like Batman's kind of weakness. Mr. Loverboy, you know, (laughs) ha ha. You're going to let the whole world burn while uh, a pretty lady is uh, trapped, you know? It was pretty great. And so, yeah, uh, then the movie turns into a submarine movie, uh, which is great. Mm. This is where it started to drag a little bit for me near the end. I was like, we could we, we could probably wrap this up soon. Yeah, I, I think the problem was they sh- they keep shooting, like, multiple torpedoes, and they keep multiply failing, mm. and they keep, like, fire another torpedo. This one will work. It's like, okay, we get it. Batman's prepared for this. Can we, can we move on to the next bit? Like, once they deflect one... Uh, torpedo. Move on to the next bit. Maybe two, right? So a dolphin can die. Like, just, 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 just move on with this, you know. There's a line where Catwoman says something, and someone says, "Shut up, you feline floozy," which is was- <laughs> 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 funny. I love brilliant. I love she's she's got the cat again in the scene, and the cat's going around, and everyone's like, "Whoa, that cat." That cat's crazy. It's yeah. insane. It's so aggressive. And it's just this house cat, which has looked so done with everything. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, like flopped down. It's like the most passive cat I've ever seen in my life. Well, it gets to the point where Batman and Robin, uh, they board the submarine and um, Catwoman just throws the cat at Batman, who then just continues to fight <laughs> holding a <the> cat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is great. Because So what happens is they have the submarine, right? And they shoot like bat torpedoes at it. I don't. It was some bat-related device that the it's like shooting lasers or something, and it causes a giant, you know, eruptions in the thing. They're like, let's let's just knock them around a bit. We don't want to sink them. They have the um, 
the world leaders in them. We don't want to do too much damage. Exactly. Meanwhile, they're like destroying systems of the submarine. Like, there, there's definitely sailors in the bows that are dying. Like, there's no way that Batman and Robin know they haven't like drenched the world leaders in water and have like totally fucked everything up. Exactly. Like, yeah. They are so lucky here. We even we even see the movies like, oh, look at the vials teetering on the edge of a table. Whoa, whoa, and they like full on tip over, but like they're not falling off somehow. So it's it's. It's hilarious. It's comedy gold. Uh, Absolutely. So the submarine rises to the surface. Yeah. And uh, then a big fight comes out. And this is where we see the iconic pow! Yeah! And wazam! And sploosh! As, like, one of the sailors, like, falls into the water. There's, like, a lot of that. Oh, it's great. One of the one of the scenes in that that I loved so much was there was a guy running at Robin. And Robin just got down on his hands and knees and the guy just kept running. He didn't stop or try to do anything different. <laughs> Robin just got down on his hands and knees and the guy just tripped over it. Like It's great. <laughs> I mean, that's an unexpected maneuver. You wouldn't expect that in a fight. So, you know, elements of surprise. I liked, uh, this is more of a production note, but I liked how you could see the wrinkles in the matte painting behind the pool that they were in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That was very it, funny. It was great. I found that funny. He puts the cat in a boat and it says, Bon voyage, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I was wondering what was going to happen with the cat because she throws the cat at him, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I hope nothing bad happens to the cat. And you see Batman still fighting bad guys while holding this very passive cat <laughs> that is doing nothing to hinder Batman. And he's just he just puts it in a little lifeboat, which so happens to be there. And I was like, oh, thank goodness the cat's fine. And it's like a cat-sized lifeboat as well. <laughs> it was yeah, it's great. Lifeboat. Like no human is getting on that. Uh, they go down deck, they get the... Chasing after Catwoman. Yeah, chasing after Catwoman who trips and her mask falls off and then Batman sees <gasps> who it is. And we get probably the, the worst cut in the movie <laughs> where Batman's talking to her and then at some random point he's like, but never mind, I'm over it. And it was like this <laughs> overdubbed line. <laughs> His mouth is not making the right shapes for what he's saying. And then Robin like says, oh, are you all right? And he's just like, it's just one of those things in the life of every crime fighter. It means nothing. <laughs> like It's like, again, pre-prepared, he sort of was like, yeah, look, it's just like another one of those days where you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> can't you know, get rid of a bomb, yeah. You just can't get rid of a bomb. And then the captain bursts out and makes them drop the, uh, <laughs> the dehydrated world leaders. But that's fine. To the bat dust separator. The super molecular dust separator. Oh, yeah. I love how we had this whole dramatic thing where the dust didn't tip over. And it's like, you know, 20 minutes of these scenes with the dust. And then the guy just comes out and knocks it over and yep. they tip everywhere. It's a classic. It's a classic <laughs> joke. Works every time. Um, it was good. They get the president on the line. And the guy who does the impression of President Johnson, who I, I think was president at the time, uh, is so spot on. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was excellent. That was very funny. I really enjoyed that. I love the president having a direct line to Batman as well. Yeah, uh, it makes sense, you know. The movie goes on for a bit too long here as they're trying to rehydrate everything. But uh, yeah, they rehydrate them all. Robin at some point's like, we could change them for the better. And Batman's like, no, as we saw with the balloon men, we can't mess with Mother Nature. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they uh, 
in the end, uh, while every country is on the line, like, listening in and, like, making... Everyone's, like, waiting, making sure everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're ready for you to rehydrate things. It's like, why? Just tell them when you've done it. All over the world, there's hundreds and thousands of people just waiting to hear in their own language... If it's been rehydrated. All, all the leaders, yeah, they're, they're, they're res- resurrected. They're back, except... Oh, no! Except... Germany and Israel have, <laughs> have just swapped languages. Oh, no! <laughs> no! Not Germany and Israel. And what's this? The French is speaking like a British man. Oh, God. <laughs> and the, um, the, the American guy speaking Russian. And the Russian guy speaking French. And then Batman's like, oh my god, this language mix-up is going to make things better than everything. <laughs> Maybe this is a, is, a, is a blessing, not a curse. Quick, Robin, let's leave before people blame us. Just, yeah, despite the fact that Robin had just like asked, should we do this? And Batman was like, nah, <laughs> we, we can't. We can't do it. And, uh, yeah, then they just sneak out and the movie ends. And that's Batman the movie. It's great. Uh, I love that's it. That's the movie. <laughs> it was a wild, wild ride. But it was, as we said at the start, just a lot of fun. That's right. I would, I would, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of superheroes, but you find the recent movies, just not, just not great. Just fair enough. Uh, check this one out. I reckon you'll have a fun time. It's pretty good. It's very different. It feels like a trauma movie. It feels it feels like if trauma got the rights to do a Batman film, uh, except without <laughs> all the gore and nudity. Like this is this is fantastic. I love it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you walk through an art museum, what happens? You see some interesting things, you see some not-so-interesting things, <laughs> and if you're like me at all, you, you're probably a little bit sleepy. Well, grab a cafecito and listen up. It's Art Slice, a palatable serving of art history. I'm Russell Shoemaker. I'm Stephanie Duenas. We are not your daddy's art history <laughs> podcast. We are both artists, so we look at art history through that perspective. We cover the artists you know and those that have been ignored for so many different reasons. We look at the context of the time, we compare it to today. We don't dumb anything down, but, and this is a big but, hey, we like to have a good time, okay? Nos gusta to goof <laughs> around, all right? We have hungry pantry mons no, that no, might startle you. It's a long story. We, we feed them our materials. Art is just a visual language, so in order for us to interpret what we think it's saying, we hijack the work. Right. How do you like that for an art heist? Exactly. And ultimately, we decide if it belongs in our Art Slice Museum, on okay. top of the Art Slice okay. Hilltop. So if this all sounds good to you, join us on Art Slice a palatable serving of art history. The next segment is when we come up with a remake of the movie we just talked about. But um, okay, here's here's the thing. Uh, they've they've already done that, haven't they, Zach? Uh, I think there's like one or two Batman films out there. Like he's a pretty popular guy. I haven't seen many many of them. You know, I don't know. 
and it could be some around, but maybe we could throw in another Batman movie in there, you know? That would maybe. make, like, three or four, right? You know? Yeah. Do we make a Batman movie that's in the style of this? Is that what we recast? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want, you know, because... Yeah, I think I think that's what the DC franchise really needs right now. So all this dark, you know, tones is really uh, bumming people out. We really need a refresh, Batman. Bring him back to his roots. Exactly. So I guess we recast the main six characters uh, in this and come up with a director as well. Um, okay, so we're going for super cheesy Batman. It's a joke. Uh, Chris Pratt. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you who I immediately thought of, mm. which is funny because there was talk of this guy being thrown around as a Ben Affleck replacement. Oh, but John Hamm, but not being serious John Hamm when he is doing comedic roles. Oh yeah, John like, Hamm. John Hamm could do a serious Batman, but John Hamm when he's comedic would do really well. Oh, absolutely. I would like. I would like to, him as a straight man in a comedy, right? I feel like he does well yeah. in that. That's kind of what he did in Good Omens, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Good Omens. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Good Omens is great. So, like, I feel like him being <laughs> the, 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 like, straight man, but he could also, like, crack a joke or two, you know? Like, yeah. But he, he's, like, you know, he's the... <laughs> oh, uh, you know what happens? He's serious as Batman, but he could be that playboy, you know... <laughs> Oh, absolutely. The playboy lover who's 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 very charismatic, you know. We're we're having that, absolutely. I agree. I, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. John Hamm as a straight Batman in a fucking goofy movie is absolutely. is hilarious. Um for Robin, I kinda wanna go for a kid. Oh yeah? I think that would be pretty funny. I think Jacob Tremblay could maybe do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say how young and you want someone comedic. You could have Tom Holland. Uh, yeah. Mm, I mean, he is a child. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, obviously, if we're going for, like, child things, we've got actors that are, like, they look young as child. So, like, he's the Spider-Man, you know. He works quite well as a Robin, I feel. And, and you know that Tom Holland's Robin would just be Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. He's cracking jokes. He's referencing the old comics, you know. We could go even sillier. He is too old, but it would be funny to get Michael Sarah in as Robin. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Which is funny because he, he did already play him in the Lego Batman movies. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Why don't they just... Alright, let's just scrap this whole thing. Lego Batman movie cast. Will <laughs> oh, Arnett. Absolutely. Michael Sarah. <laughs> just make that happen. That's good. I like Michael Cera, actually, because, as you said, you know, he's got experience in this area, so I feel like that would be good. Yeah, I think he could He could do it now. It could be funny to have the joke that Michael Cera is playing a teenager. I think it <laughs> could be funny. I, I would love it. We we specifically make a point in the film where it's like, how old are you, Robin? And he's like, I'm 11. <laughs> Your mustache is coming in. He's got that weedy mustache from Youth in Revolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, that's very funny. Uh, all right, CGI'd off. CGI'd, CGI'd off. off. How about for a uh, let's go penguin, Zach? What do you think? 
I am I am so sorry, but I but there's only one person I can think of. Don't say Danny DeVito. God damn it! It was <laughs> it was Danny DeVito. I was gonna say Danny DeVito. See, even Luke, even Luke is like it's gotta be Danny DeVito, right? My what? brain went to Frank Reynolds, like Frank Reynolds, Danny DeVito, before it before it went to the fact that he already played the Penguin, and then I was like. Oh right. Well, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But I, we, we could. I you know, look. We pull out the Danny DeVito card a bit too much on the podcast. <laughs> that's that's blatantly clear. But well, that's because he's he's perfect. He is perfect. Absolutely, absolutely. But Sandra, I feel like come, come on, yeah, come on, come on. He's literally an egg guy. That's his whole thing. It's like, can he give you an egg at these trying times? I think like, it, it could be funny to bring him in. I, my thought was, and potentially we could give him one of the other the villains, but I was thinking Seth Rogen, because oh, his laugh amazing. as a penguin laugh would be very... F- <laughs> but it's like the penguin noise as well. Okay, here, here here's <laughs> what I want, okay? It's it's Seth Rogen playing Seth Rogen who is helping the penguin. <laughs> I, it's like Seth Rogen who just works for the penguin. That is too meta, but I like it, because he would probably produce this movie. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. From Monk. Oh, yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, I love this guy. He's great. He is very good. I, oh, I love him. He kept beating Zach Braff out for Emmys during Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they make a reference on Scrubs where he loses some award and then he's like, curse you, Tony Shalhoub. Or something. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's Dr. Shalhoub or something like that and make like a joke about it. Anyway. I, I could see that, absolutely. We could, yeah, 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 I'm, d- I'm down for that. Look, obviously, Daddy DeVito, great penguin, great penguin. <laughs> Pretty excellent. Yeah, yeah, but I think Tony Shalhoub could also do it very well. Yeah, we, we, we put in Tony Shalhoub. How about we have Daddy DeVito make a cameo as, like, maybe one of the guinea pigs or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah, Because he yeah. should be in this. I've got it. Danny DeVito as the porpoise. Oh, Whoa, there we go. <laughs> the porpoise that seems bad. <laughs> Um, for for the Riddler, it was a a running rumor that he would play the Riddler, just as Matt Smith was a running rumor to play the Joker. But David Tennant as the Riddler, I've always thought it would be really good. I've I've always thought he would do really well in that role. Oh, I don't know absolutely. if he would do well in this movie though. <laughs> I like that casting, but I can give you two names. These are the first ones that I thought for this version of the Riddler. Whoa, okay, Bill Hader. Oh, that's perfect. Or Zach Woods. Oh, that's also perfect. Mm. I feel like Zach Woods because he's just got that like tall, lanky. Like I do like Zach Woods because his name is Zach. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I mean, I feel like Bill Hader as this version of Joker would be pretty funny, mm. where he's just like a mobster. So we can get them both in. Zach Woods is the Riddler and Bill Hader is the Joker. Um, but we have to get him some better riddles. Yeah, no, for sure. Or we could make the fanboys angry. And I like this idea. Let me know what you think. Kate McKinnon as the Joker. <laughs> it's always Kate McKinnon. I think Kate McKinnon as a Joker would be very funny. Uh, everyone would have a fit on the internet, though. But Absolutely. Yeah. Reddit would blow up. I think Bill Hader's good, but he's not... I don't know, his characters are not that energetic. Yeah, we, we need this uh, to, like, jump around, mm. be very uh, physically, like, ha I mean, Kate McKinnon in Barbie, she was jumping around. <laughs> She'd be perfect for it. We could do it. I mean, no one's stopping us. No one can stop us. 
We could we could go on the timeline where there's the Joker virus, right? And it's just Kate McKinnon's got the Joker virus, you know? <laughs> I am gonna vote either Jason Sudeikis. Oh, that's good. Or to just if we really want to go with someone a bit crazy and expressive, Tim Robinson. Whoa. Oh fuck, Tim Robinson. You've you've brought out the Tim Robinson card, one of the best comedians currently working. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's pretty good. I like Tim Robinson. Just the face just imagine the facial expressions. Yeah. Uh Catwoman, Zach, what do you think? Uh Kate McKinnon. <laughs> She's pretty good. Kat McKinnon. She would be fun. She'd be a fun catwoman. Cause she could be like really exaggerated, like me, yeah. You know. That 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 would be good. Can she do a Russian or at least a bad Russian accent though? That's the question. No, hundred percent. hundred percent she could. For a catwoman, I'm thinking like Jennifer Garner, maybe. She's very funny. She doesn't get a lot of um love for how funny she can be and she's kind of screwed over with dead evil and electra i had lizzie kaplan kind of think like reese weatherspoon reese i mean she's very funny yeah she's good she'd be a good yeah or anna kendrick all right to nail the accent the chick who plays naja in what we do in the shadows oh yeah she's funny Natasia Dermatro. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh she's very funny in what we do in the shadows. Yeah, that's true. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see her. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. I think that's good. <laughs> Matt Berry is penguin. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt Matt Berry. I want Matt Berry to be the um the Navy officer who's like super <laughs> yes. jolly and is like, oh yeah, we sold a submarine to criminals. Yeah. That's so fun. That's so funny. Uh and then if we want to um steal her Rachel Brosnahan from Mrs. Maisel as Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like she's playing Lois. She's currently the sole reason I'm excited for Superman Legacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm- okay, all right. There you go. And when you look at Lee Merriweather, when you look at Lee Merriweather, like if you go and like for like, I see her in the role pretty well. I'm down. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, I yeah. think we should lock that in. I agree. I agree. Let's lock that one in. Now let's cast the security council. <laughs> uh, well, we do need a director. Um, I don't... The, all the people I think of, like modern comedy directors, are too quippy for this. Mm. Taika Waititi, too quippy. Would do a good job, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. After Thor, Love and Thunder, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's he's gone a little power crazy, I feel. Matt Shackman's where I'm leaning. He did WandaVision. But before that, he did Always Sunny. Ooh, that's a good vibe. He did like 45 episodes of Always Sunny, and he's directing Fantastic Four. R.I.P. I fear for anyone's career having to do Fantastic Four. Having <laughs> to do a Fantastic Four movie, yeah. Yeah. That's true, that's true, that's true. Um, that's, that's a good pick. I'm trying to think of people who do like B-movies on purpose. That's kind of the vibe I'm thinking of, and I can't... Uh, the, everyone I think of is like an 80s director, like the Zucker Brothers, uh... I mean, who directs Tim Robinson? Uh, him and Zach Kanan. Mm. Um, otherwise, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. You know what? I want Chris McKay. I want I want Chris McKay. Only uh, not just because of the Lego movie, not just because of the Lego Batman movie, but because of Renfield. Oh, uh, yeah, but he did The Tomorrow War. Yeah. And that's bad. <laughs> yeah, but that's not a comedy, right? What What's interesting is that Chris McKay was already actually working on this uh, property too because he was, um, he obviously was involved in the Lego Batman, but 
also was working on a Nightwing movie for ages. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Boom, Chris McKay. Done. Boom. The perfect movie. Two billion dollars at the box office post-COVID. Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright, there we go. It's a Batman it's a, it's a Batman Man movie. There we go. We made a Batman movie. We did it. Uh, that's the whole episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Luke. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. It's been fun. Uh, you you make music under the name Luke Mack. Where can people find you? What's your socials? What have you been up to? Everything is it's Luke Mack underscore everywhere. And uh, I've released like 11 songs this year. I've got a bunch in the bank for next year. So yeah, just keep an eye out. I'm posting a lot. All links in the episode description. Uh, Zach, we're on everything at Oldie Buddy Goodie Pod. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on we Instagram. We're on YouTube. We are actually. Uh, you didn't know that? No, I had no idea till this episode. We've done 253 episodes. I feel like you should probably. Uh, yeah, I, I, I clearly just have not been paying attention. Wow, that's crazy. We are also on patreon.com forward slash oldiebuddygoodypod where I believe, I'm just double checking the schedule because we are banking them at the moment. Uh, I believe that up on Wednesday is a brand new episode, Zach, on a Italian horror film that I forgot I put as an option in a poll and it was voted in and then we did it and I forgot that we were doing it and it's pretty brutal. I'll oh. tell you that much. It's called Opera oh. by Dario Argento. Um, oh my. That's a little bonus episode coming up. But if you want more trash, we're doing Friday the 13th 7 in a couple of weeks. So look forward to that. Woo! <laughs> I know I'm looking forward to it. Really? It's the worst one, apparently. <laughs> I... The episode. Nah, you know, to make go. fun of it. Which you have to listen to if you go onto our Patreon. <laughs> that's right. But that is everything. Now, Zach, I think I've got to pick next week's movie. That is true. From 1967. Let's have a look at the options that we've got here. What do we have? What do we have? Oh, there's a few good ones. Oh, absolutely. There's what? What's a good movie, Luke? What do you, what do you see there? I got a few options here that I'm going to throw out. Uh, straight off the bat, Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> obvious choice. Uh, you got Bonnie and Clyde here. Also great. Ooh, that's nice. fun. Uh, and then the other option that I would suggest is the original The Producers film. Yeah, Mel Brooks's The Producers, where they've got to make a play so bad that they it's like a tax write-off that they make a play called Summertime for Hitler. What? Which, um, what? Yep. <laughs> which is uh, a hilarious movie. Um, Max Bialystok. Yes, it is, it is pretty cool. Oh, but Sandro, mm. Sandro, you could do the Jungle Book, the original Disney, which is better than the live action. Remake. I disagree. I think the live oh, action Jungle what? Book is better than the original animated one. Because nothing fucking happens in it, Zach. Quick, Twitter, <laughs> burn him. Um, <laughs> we could do the Fearless Vampire Killers, <laughs> uh, which is a, oh, it's a Roman Polanski movie. No, fuck that. We're not doing that. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <gasps> Doctor Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Doctor Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle, we've got the original Point Break, which was remade with Keanu Reeves. We've got the original mm. Bedazzled, which was remade with Brendan Fraser. Mm. Quartermass in the Pit, which is a, a British sci-fi thing. This uh, Divorce, American style. Yeah. The Dirty Dozen. Yeah, 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 Camelot. But Zach, no, I'm picking I'm picking something a little bit different. Ooh, different. We didn't get to do the Pink Panther. Oh, that's true. A few weeks ago. We did The Great Escape instead, and we did The Great Escape because I already knew that I was going to pick a movie that stars people from the Pink Panther. 
What are you talking about, Sandro? I already knew that we were going to do a parody movie that I watched <gasps> when I was a lot younger and didn't get that it was a parody movie until too late. Oh my, you can't be talking about. Tell me it isn't so. It is. We're doing the David Nivem, Peter Sellers send-up of Casino Royale. It's a James Bond parody where everyone's James Bond. Whoa! <laughs> I remember watching this as a kid and being pretty bored, but I've always wanted to go back to it. <laughs> And I feel like just the idea of a James Bond parody in the 60s, it had only been going for like four years at this point, five years, maybe. Like Mm, just the mm. idea of a parody that early, I think is very funny. And so I want to I want to review it unless you decide not to review it. Zach, are you going to veto me? No, 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 no. I'd love to do this. I've never seen it before. So that'd be great. I remember having the same thought as you, Sandra. I watched this in 2006, Mm. just after coming home from my pa taking me to see Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. And then he was like, oh, this is is the old one. Let's watch that. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's like a really old James Bond or something. And... I know the Woody Allen's in it, and we don't like him, but he plays the American version of James Bond or something. <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous. Anyway, we'll do that next week. And we'll we'll wrap up the episode right now with um with 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 goodbyes. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Well well Luke, you're you're staying here, you could eat the spaghetti. Uh, I've got to teleport back. You have fun with this random Italian man. See you, Zach. Oh, see you there. Oh my god, he- Oh, he just (laughs) transformed Batman style and that plate just smashed into the ground. The Italian man forgot to hold the plate. Mamma mia, my plate of spaghetti. Anyway, so with Movie World, here's what we should do, right? We should (laughs) dress up people in costumes Uh and have them walk around in a parade. And I'm just going to fade this part out as the theme comes in. And so we're talking uh, and you're pretending to listen, but actually I'm just fading out slowly. We should definitely charge way too high. Ooh, Mm. that's true. I I like the sound of the money. Yeah. (laughs)